Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, we love seeing you live every Thursday night in Facebook and YouTube land. So uh, hello out there. The comments are always fun. And just remember, your comments may end up on the show. So keep yourself in check. And as always, if you can't catch us live, catch us later in the replay or in your favorite podcasting app. You know me, my name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up in holiday spirit is Jason Richards. Hey, Jason. Hello. Hello. Jason Richards here, past master of Acacia Lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, and member of a couple other lodges in D.C. and Ohio. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Awesome. With stars on. With stars on. And last but not least, for now, we have the one, the only, past master of Manassa Lodge. That's me. Joe Martinez and some guy he found. And yes, hello, TMR Universe. I have our uh I mean he's he's more than a mascot. What is he? He's uh the icon, the pet. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Mason himself. The, pet. the always beautiful Don McAndrews. Mm-hmm. Uh and we are both past masters of Manassa Lodge number 182 in Manassas, Virginia. We're actually in Manassa Lodge right now. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge as well. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the Lodge of Research. And all the things. Yes. So Don's back. Don's back. Always glad to have you, Don. (laughs) Yeah. Watch your back, Don. All right. Um, Let's see. Before we get into tonight's show, Jason, you're going to get your tarot cards ready since. Yep. Well, we need to thank our patrons, right? We do. That's why I was making sure you had heads up to get your tarot cards ready because I want to thank the patrons who support the show. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable to support the show, support education for many, many years to go. We are almost at 10 years. Can you believe it? And, you know, other than running out of topics for Jason to talk about, we probably wouldn't have made it this far if it really wasn't for your support uh, to get equipment and hosting fees and all that fun stuff. So, um, and having Don. Back Thank off. you so much. Yes, it's very, it's very expensive to have Don here. Yeah, it's, it's true. He, <laughs> he's got he's got a high demand of, of like uh, brown M and M's and all that. He needs to take care of. So next time we're out, you can buy me a drink. So oh, no, just brown M and M's. Just he makes only Joe suck the candy coating off of them first. <laughs> I'll do whatever Don wants us to do. <laughs> I'm glad you added candy coating. So thank you, patrons. You guys are the are awesome. Thank you so much. Also, thanks to everybody who participated and is Yay. participating in the TMR Secret Santa. We drew names. Names are closed. Right. Yeah, so, so names are closed, but uh, super excited to see what folks get, everybody. Yeah. Always fun. Good times. Yeah. All right. Let's move over to Tarot Card of the Week. So while Jason's drawing this, right, the, the topic for tonight is Lodge Strategy. Like, how do we... Um, apply strategy to our thinking and planning into lodge structure. So hopefully the card will reflect, you know, some sort of uh, the choices we make in our strategic plans. Yeah, but don't forget, John. This is tarot card of the week. Ah. <gasps> 
tarot card of the week. Awful. Um. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, thank so. you, Joe, for those. Uh... Awesome. <laughs> We're not playing that again. Without no. my permission. Love it. <laughs> All right. So this week, a really special deck. Super excited. This is the Square Encompasses Tarot deck. A tarot deck for all Freemasons except Nanya. Um, so we got the Ye Old Square Encompasses. This was a private, privately published deck. Very difficult to get your hands on. Um, and let's see what we have. For strategy, we have the Ten of Cups. Ooh. Okay. I like it. Okay, so yeah. we're done. We're, we're <laughs> completion. Yeah, I mean, ten is always the number of completion. We're talking about um, happiness, marriage, alignment. Marriage. Um, Mowage. No. Yeah, you got you got a little symbol of Malkuth down there. Like it's good foundations, right? We're we're happy, we're stable. And of course, cups being the emotional card, ten of cups is like good good vibes, good feelings, happy to be here. Um yeah, that's that's a <clears throat> that's a great card for strategy. Cause you wanna make uh reap the benefit of everything that you've you've planned. That's right. Mm-hmm. When, when does that happen in masonry? <laughs> Never. Uh, when you lay down your working tools, so I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't found out yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, actually have asked all my uh, previous line officers uh, to be my pallbearers. So that way they could let me down one last time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like indeed. it. Come on, Jason. That was That was classic. All right. This is uh, just about as overused as the uh, Freemasonry's <laughs> on the level joke. <laughs> That's why there's so many of them. What's the other one? Better to be seen and not viewed. viewed. Hey! Yeah. All right. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about a pas- uh a topic that's very passionate uh, to me, which is strategy. So, a topic about which you are very passionate. Uh, that Yes. Thank you, Captain um, Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Kill. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I do consulting uh, at work, and one of the things that I do is um, strategic planning, strategic um, workshops. I help offices figure out how to basically make better choices and and actually do what they say they're going to do instead of just having a bunch of fluff. Because I've been a victim of many, many, many offices that I've been in that have these strategies and air quotes that really mean nothing it's just a bunch of fluff it doesn't mean anything they change it every two years change it sometimes annually and they don't mean anything and it's just become such a painful thing to uh to experience and then through reaching out networking meeting other folks in the strategy space i've learned a lot about how most of what i experienced is actually what they call bad strategy and so um you're gonna learn kind of tonight uh, an excerpt of what good strategy looks like and then we'll talk about how we can actually apply that in the lodge setting because we do planning at a minimum at a minimum if you're a worshipful master you have to plan your year out like that is a basic function maybe and joe joe's like or two 
Depends which time you were worshiping. <laughs> it's your third or fourth go. You just you just wing you just it. just wing it. <laughs> but you plan the first time, so hopefully it goes better the the second, third, and tenth time. Um, and yet plans are not strategy. Or you just coast out. And so um, one of my pet peeves over the years has been like the difference between plans versus strategy. So I just want to um, keep it really clear that um, just by saying, oh, well, I've got my year planned out. That's not a strategy. Just because I know that. Um, hey, RJ, there you are. Good to see you in the in the mobile Masonic command. Right. And so um, Scott brings up a good point here, hoping we can talk about who holds a strategy over time, considering we also have progressive lines that flux quickly. That's right. Don't skip ahead, Scott. But I'm glad you brought it up because one of the first takeaway I want you all to think about as Masons is that in my year has no place in strategy in, uh, in no place in launch strategy. Right. It's not one. It's not all about you Two. You're only there for a short period of time. And three, right, we want to make sure that the, the choices that we make uh, go for many years to come, right? Long-term planning. And that. four, it's not about you. Yeah. And just in case you didn't get the first point, it's not all about you. All right. Robert, how's it going? Give me a chance to say hi. It's going good. Just uh, finished up dinner with my mom for her birthday so that's good and um happy birthday mama johnson <laughs> so yeah you know uh as you kind of mentioned that john the, th the first thing that i started thinking about was the uh continuity between uh you know one of the largest things that we deal with in the fraternity is strategy is is always put onto the grand lodge and how can we have a working strategy when the continuity breaks every other year, when some grand master decides that it is about his year and or every year his focus and whatever the case is. So it's pretty difficult. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because uh, I'll pull an excerpt from some of my, my strategy workshops, but I want you to think if I'm speaking in a business context, think about not only your lodge, does this apply to the grand lodge? Right. Does this apply to any other appendant body that you're in? Does this apply to other things outside of, you know, um, that what were you bringing up there, uh, Jason? Oh, I was bringing up a joke on, uh, on Joe. Yes. So unless you're like Joe and just keep it staying in the East over and over. Nope. When do you think it's start best to start planning out your years master? See, that's a plan. That's not a strategy. I mean, you should really be thinking about your strategy and aligning your strategy to the officers above you as soon as you go in. Absolutely. All right. So uh, what I'm do is I'm going to lead a facilitated discussion. You guys can interrupt me at, at any time, but I want to at least share. Oh, hey, John. Golly, dang. yes. What? Oh, nothing. You said you just I could interrupt you. That you could time. interrupt me at any time. Okay. Well, except for Jason. Golly day. <laughs> Give this guy an inch. He takes a mile. You're like my children. Okay. Let's start off with what is strategy. Okay. Um, the, the basics, the, the essence of a strategy contains three elements. If there's a diagnosis of a problem, there's a guiding policy that's going to kind of steer us in a different direction and therefore coherent actions that we're going to do because of that. Otherwise, you can just do the status quo. That's good enough. That's but that's not a strategy, and that comes from uh, 
a big thinker in the space called Richard Rumelt, who wrote an awesome book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. So you should definitely check that out. Very easy to read, and he's been around the block, and we'll see an excerpt of what does bad strategy look like. Another thought leader in this space is a guy by the name of Roger Martin, and uh, you, you'll learn a little bit more about him in a little bit, but um, what he one, one quote from him is that you need to be uncomfortable and apprehensive. True strategy is about placing bets and making hard choices. The objective is not to eliminate risk, but to increase the odds of success. Okay, so I already want you to think about um, the things that I do when I plan out my year as Worshipful Master. I need to be uncomfortable. I need to be apprehensive. I need to actually try new things that may, might fail. So we're not trying to not take risks. We're actually trying to increase the John, odds of success. John, what that means. But, but what about like they always say, oh, we, we've always done it this way. Or, <laughs> we've tried that before and it didn't work. That flies right in the face of this. You nailed it, RJ. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. The the way the, this is the way we've always done it has nothing to do with strategy. If you can just, you know, copy and paste the previous year and then you'd be good enough. But the real question is, what is strategy? And so how is this different than just planning your year in the East or planning the officer line or planning the progressive line? The best definition that I've come up with because you know you read 100 strategy books you'll get 200 different definitions of strategy but but for me the best definition that i like is the art and science of making choices on the use of available resources to meet intended outcomes okay i'll say that again it's the art and the science of making choices on the use of available resources to meet intended outcomes where are we going what are we trying to do and then based on that, how can I organize my choices such that it gets me into that greater odds of success? Joe. Well, I, yeah. I, yes. So I did. I, I was going to let you talk for a little bit more before I chimed in, but um, I don't care. Your definition gives me a lot of uh, places to, to jump on. Right. So, I mean, if we're going to bring this back to masonry, how many lodges actually care about the stuff that's in your definition, right? Well, all the TMR listeners, obviously. Well, uh, yes. But thinking about this. Yes. And, and maybe that's a rhetorical yes. comment. Right? We don't need an We don't have any TMR listeners in Virginia, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. And we have Don here to, to comment uh, and, and speak for large jurisdictions. But um, no, I mean, honestly, how many, how many of you go to lodge and the lodge is simply there just to exist? Right. Just right. do the same thing. Exactly. So or turn the trying lights. to just keep existing. Thank you. And right. that's that's at least if you take nothing else away from tonight's episode, it's like, how am I making better choices to get to a better future for the lodge, for the community, for our members, whatever that looks like? Instead of just doing it the way we've always done it, instead of just copying pasting the other Worshipful Masters playbook, instead of just, you know, doing what we've always done. Or not having Good not having any of those things right? or yeah or just right. not doing it all all right so well, let's I jump think it's go ahead I think Jason. it's really interesting too with your definition john um that you know i i almost see this as agile for for lodges right yeah the idea that when you're planning you often do that up front 
and you have specific milestones that and a specific path to meet a goal. Mm-hmm. This strategy is not a specific set of milestones. It is a goal. Right. Yes. And it is a set of pivot points and choices. Ooh, I like it. Right. And so that to me is very, it's, it's very kind of utopian agile. Um, I could see that. Yeah. In the, perf- in the perfect sense, right? Yes. You have a target. That's why I said utopian. Yeah. You have a target and then you, you might fail, but at least you're making better pivot points and choices along the way to get you closer to your goal. Sure. And, and you're scaling up or down based on your resources. True. And the means exactly. that you have available. Still the same choices. It's right. just different execution. Joe. Yes. I keep, I keep thinking about history <laughs> when, we're, when we're talking about this. So, no, this is great. I, that's what I wanted. Don, right. Who's been amazing for 50, how many years? Three. 53 years. So he's seen a thing or two. And I, I, I we let dinosaurs in the lodges, dinosaurs and uh, cave people. And, you know, it was all together, you know, 6,000 years old. Um, Don, in the 53 years you've been a Mason, how many times have you seen a lodge or a grand lodge actually have a big strategic vision uh, that, that spanned more than a year? I'm very proud of our grand lodge because they came to the realization that. Oh, Don, sorry, we're losing you. <laughs> Go ahead. Came to the realization that every grandmaster was sort of doing his own thing, and this is not good to be making progress. So instead of saying I'm going to do this, this, and this, uh, they talk about it. Uh, they discuss it among themselves, and they yeah. only implement things that everybody's going to be in agreement to continue. Uh, to continue to improve in certain areas. So uh, I'm really proud of him for doing that. And that's, that's made things a lot more stable on the Grand Lodge level. And uh, I but think it'll pay off in the long run. Question for you, though, not to get off on a tangent, John. How often do the plebs get to hear about that? The the Johns and the Joes? Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest with you. That's and, and God forbid, get to influence it. <laughs> We, the Grand Lodge has a strategic planning committee. They do. They mm-hmm. meet every month. And that's right before the Grand Officers have their meeting on the second day. And so how often does that... None of us are... That's right. How often does Jason get to hear about that or John gets to hear about it? it it's rhetor- you don't have to answer yeah. that. It's rhetorical. But we, the short answer is we don't, right? That doesn't. And don't say at the DLCs. No, talk to Ray Solomon because he's the head of the strategic planning committees so. yes but we have one like i'll give you partial credit either way we've yeah. got a a group that's focused on the um strategic planning what do you what do you guys think though about this idea like there's a ton of lodges and uh, all across the united states that have started to back the uh more than a man campaign uh put out by the northern jurisdiction that later i think the southern jurisdiction also bought in and the shrine also bought in to kind of like assist this thing with a marketing strategy but like it feels like they've put all their eggs in one basket and like Thank you. let this yeah one particular marketing firm decide what's best and how best to accomplish a singular goal which is just more members which is mm. not the goal of masonry right right yeah i'm glad you said that um to, to kind of skip ahead in the conversation. Remember, if strategy is about making choices, then 
we've gone all in on one choice, right? With this uh, Not a Man of Mason campaign. Right. And it's a big risk. And again, it might not be addressing the root cause in the first place. But even if it is, we've gone all in and not given ourselves the ability to pivot, like Jason said earlier. So there's I I think not a man of Mason is not a strategy at all. It's a bingo. It's a tool. tool. Thank you. Ah, Don, gold star for you. So let's let's uh, keep pushing forward here because I, I have a framework from Roger Martin here that I think will be helpful in then thinking about what are the steps of strategy that we can then start applying to Lodge, Grand Lodge, and more. So again, Roger Martin, back back to him. That's his picture there. In 2017, was rated number one on the Think Big Thinkers 50 as nominated by his peers across across the world. And his claim to fame, uh, the most popular book that he's published is this book called Playing to Win, How Strategy Really Works. He and A.G. Laffley uh, of Procter & Gamble fame actually worked together to actually institute a framework of how they're going to make decisions and choices at um, Procter & Gamble, which led to the success of a small little um, makeup line you may have heard of called Oil of Olay. And so they did it by design. They designed their strategy um, to execute that. And they they did it through a series of steps. So I'm going to walk through this framework. And I want you to think, as I'm walking through this framework, I'm going to walk through it um, in a business context. But again, think Grand Lodge. Think your local lodge. Think about those things. Because then we'll we'll bring this back to masonry as as we talk through this. Um, He calls it playing to win because... It's starting with people rather than with money, or in our case, dues or members, right? Um, When we have a competitive dimension, we're playing to win. We're not playing to just be yet another lodge. So winning could mean different things. We'll talk about what does winning look like here in a second. But if you're just playing to play, those are your lodges that just copy and paste the previous master's plans. Those are the lodges that um, just, you know, do it the way they've always done it. Okay, so I want you to think about that. The strategy cascade that Roger Martin and A.G. Laffley came up with were five questions that basically every business should be able to think about and make choices on. And it's a cascade that, in other words, you, you can't go to the next question until you have a really good understanding of the first uh, the first question, the question that precedes it. So you see these little arrows that go down, and then they also they get informed back up. So let's walk through what those questions are. But uh, just before we do, where will we play and how will we win? Those are the heart of strategy. Those really define uh, what makes your value proposition, your lodge unique. So the five questions are, um, what is our winning aspiration? Where will we play? How will we win? What capabilities must we have? And what management systems do we need to have in place? So, um, again, they they should be answered sequentially. You should not skip ahead because you're going to be... You shouldn't start with a management system? (laughs) You shouldn't start with a reorg and then figure out why you're there in the first place? Yeah. (laughs) Seen it happen a million times, though. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's the Grand Lodge with extra steps. (laughs) Sorry. That was a good one. I'll give you credit for a good joke, Jason. All right. Unlike you. So first one, (laughs) what is our winning aspiration? What does it mean to actually win in our business? Okay. For us, what does it mean to win in our lodge? 
So a winning aspiration is a future-oriented statement about why are we, why do we exist? Why does my lodge exist? What does our organization exist to do? Exist to make more masons. No, no, wrong. Jason. <laughs> well, it's it's well, it, you know, number one, he's not joking, right? No, exactly. Well, it, we have that is the deep have, irony of we my have comments. we have, and I won't name names. We have grandmasters across the country who True. go to lodges and go to events and go. They say our single most primary thing to do is make more Masons. That's it. Right. So it, it goes back to your, are you playing to win? Or are you playing to play? Bingo. Thank you. Or are you just right. playing to keep existing? Well, the, right. the, I think the biggest question is what is our purpose? Bingo. And I, yes. I think that's very clear when you look at our rituals uh, because in each of the three degrees, we're asked at one point in that degree, what do you most desire? Mm-hmm. Right. More Masons. That's cheaper dues. No, that's our, that's our purpose. That's our purpose. What do you desire? Lodge dinners. We, we're looking for light, illumination, knowledge. Right. Uh, that is, so that's the gauge of success is, are these guys, after their Master Mason degree, actually going out and increasing right. their knowledge? Because that's what we teach them. Well, let's let's go back to let's go back to the the other slide. Like you know, we're talking about the winning aspiration. Mm-hmm. Is that how masonry operates as a as a business? Quote unquote. We're not a business. Sure. And that yep. I don't need to see all the hate in the comments. We're not a business, right? I, I get that. But is that how we're designed to to operate? And I would say in a lot of places, probably not. Right. We're just we're just not designed to operate that way because what you're talking about right. is a member focused organization, right? Like here, right. here is my list of customers. How do I keep them coming back, and how do I keep them thriving, and how do I Bingo. keep them? versus what we were just talking about five minutes ago? The you know the marketing campaign that we spent yeah. lots of money on as an organization. That sole purpose is not to keep you interested in masonry. Right. It's to potentially find someone new to bring in, right? Education is the means by which you do that. Uh, I I remember uh, years ago, uh, we were talking about what can we do with our Royal Arts chapters to increase membership. And I I asked the question, if you ask members who've been members for a few years, uh, 20, 30 years, if you ask them, what what can we do education wise if you ask them what's what's a purpose uh most of them are have no clue that is true they're not educated you ask them in royal arch we we do six degrees uh and if you asked our members across the state how many degrees do we confer in royal arch chapter about 95 percent would not have a clue so how do you invite somebody to join something that you don't know anything about? That's the big question. So educating our old members as well as educating the new ones coming along, that, that's the whole key right there. Exactly. Yeah, so let's. Uh, so after we figure out what winning looks like, and, and I'll, I'll get to, to Jack's comment here in a second, then once you, why don't you agree what, what the goal is, what the purpose is of your organization? Then the next question after that becomes, where are we going to compete? Which customer segments, channels, product categories, geographies do we serve? Like, in other words, um, 
which playing field are we going to focus on? Okay, so if you're a business, right, you can say that not everyone's your customer. And I hate that because everyone said, well, everybody should be my customer. Like, no, 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 no. Like, not everyone in the world is going to, to buy your product or service. But who are you going to focus on? Is it going to be potentially, probably, you know, the, the, air, the Masons in your, or candidates in your area, right, Ge in your geographical area? That might be your target area because you might don't want to compete with, you know, the, the lodge, the other lodge in your district, for example. Okay, so that's just the... So where will we play, Jason? But Joe? if you have your own dedicated value proposition, then we're getting there. It exactly doesn't right. matter. Co-location doesn't play nearly <clears throat> as much of a factor. And well, to to, to John's point, and mm -hmm. so I'll I'll chime in. Uh, you know, I'll I'll ping on Don because he's been a Mason for three hundred years, so he's seen all <laughs> of it. But no, you're absolutely right. Location means absolutely nothing. It's not like it was in the 1800s where you went right. to a lodge that you could ride a horse to. You know, it's like now people so people will travel. For so with Castle Island Virtual Lodge or even yes. Internet Lodge out of UK, geographical location is not their target area that where they're going to play. But those lodges in particular have a vision and a mission. <gasps> They have it exactly. So it all traces back up to the what is their winning aspiration? You nailed it. That's what that's how this works. And and you know the other side of that coin is Freemasonry or recognized regular Freemasonry mm -hmm. has a very finite customer base, right? It's mm -hmm. dudes over a certain age who meet certain criteria, mm -hmm. and that pool is always going to be finite. It's never infinite, right? So. Sure. You're always going to have a small segment of the population that you're going to seek to talk about masonry appeal to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's value propositions are are best when they are highly specific and highly tailored. To so let's get to that, market. Jason, because I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this is when you say that we're going to focus on this segment or this, you know, slicing off of the of the customer base or whatever. It also is making a choice, back to strategy, of what you're not going to do. I want to be very clear with that. This is a this is probably the hardest choice people have to make is like, because I'm going to focus on this area, I'm not going to focus on this area. And I'm going to explicitly say that. But now let's get to the, the value proposition point point that Jason's brought up from many episodes prior to this one, which is how will we win? Okay, so what is our unique value proposition here? What is our competitive advantage? <clears throat> and how are we better than the rest? Why would they go to us? So um, if we have where we're gonna play, the next question then is how are we going to be awesome? Like what is that thing that je ne sais quoi that makes us the, um, the lodge of choice compared to the, because again, even if you're competing with other lodges in the area, why choose your lodge? So think about, think some things to think about in this aspect are, are you an affinity lodge? Are you lodges that cater mostly to cops? Are you lodges that focus mainly on education? Are you a traditional observance lodge? This is that value proposition that you need to start thinking about in this, this part of strategy. Well, I, I think that too, and I had seen it scroll up in the comments a little bit was, mm -hmm people were starting to make that connection that having a strategy means that not everybody is going to be happy. <gasps> right? and, what? Yes. And, and that's okay. And you kind of, you kind of just put some icing on that when you start talking about, 
Right. I'm going to have a lodge that has a particular focus, right? Is this going to be an mm-hmm. education focused lodge? Is it going to be a social focused lodge? Is it going to be a family oriented lodge? Like, um, again, these are things that if you do strategy, you can start to make some of those decisions. But again, I submit a lot of the lodges in this country <clears throat> just care about surviving, right? Right. So they can't even comprehend the concept of a long-term strategy right and then exactly all of those steps you're talking about yep well said so yeah that's exactly right what is because once you decide and make a choice that you're going to focus on a certain area then you may be taking a risk that could be wrong and you might be alienating some folks but again you know we're winning here we're not just showing up all right last two questions The next one is after we determine how we will win if that is true like if we're going to be the best at x then we actually have to have some capabilities behind the scenes back office that get us there that have us ready so what are those specific capabilities that support our competitive advantage what do we need to be really great at doing if we're a traditional observance lodge we need to be really great at ritual and contemplative practices etc bring in great speakers if we're an education lodge we need to have a lineup of really good speakers right if we are a a social lodge we need to have a ton of social events we need to make sure that we keep our social calendar full so it is the behind the scenes actions you must take and and capabilities you must have in order to do that so again if you're a social lodge then you need to start building up uh, so it's not just one brother doing all the work <laughs> lining up your social calendar you need to build that that cadre of uh, or that committee that is really there to keep the show running even if one person gets sick right that's why we need to think about what capabilities must we have that literally sounds oxymoronic to the way that <laughs> things in freemason are done <laughs> okay well don's around we're going to be doing all these things but if don's not around it ain't happening it yes you're, you're present to have a pulse right <laughs> that's a bad model to develop <laughs> <clears throat> and finally the last question after all those things are determined how are you going to run it like what management systems do we need to have in the back end to support those capabilities to make sure that they don't run out right how do we make sure that we are measuring success along the way and this is the back office stuff of like um how are we maintaining leadership how are we bringing in new members how are we um ensuring our committees are doing the right things how are we financially making the choices so that we meet our objective right so scott hamill brings up a great question does a lodge have to choose one of these types What, what say you jason don joe I say yes. I say I, I say you know we're 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 past the conversation of administrative masonry, right? Like we're we're right. we're, we're, we're having a conversation about what type of lodge a lodge wants to be. Sure. It has nothing to do with um, numbers and statistics and things like that. This is a group of masons who are deciding what the culture of their own Bingo. lodge is going to be, right? So number one, it's commitment because you got a bunch of dudes that are interested number one and number two that are going to have the sweat equity to get stuff done and number two you're making a choice to cater to a certain type of mason and you know and you know i have not been a mason as long as don um no one has yeah (laughs) we are picking on don hard tonight (laughs) or i am but um 
you know, we started to see this trend, you know, I'd say post 1990s where you've got these lodges that are popping up that have a vision and have a, a goal in mind to be a certain type of lodge. And they're really successful. Now is the whole umbrella of Freemasonry as a whole as successful? No, but these small pockets of success are rising up. And you, you mentioned a few, well, of them, you know, yes, yes. And, um, I think some of these pockets of lodges have been victims of their own success in the sense that they are, you know, living out their vision of what, you know, masonry should be, but other management structures within masonry get wind of that, that they're doing things differently and then step in to counter well, I yeah, I would answer your question with a question and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out numbers because I know John's going to get super excited about that, but we're getting to a point in masonry where that decision comes completely off the table, right? Like what the local lodge is going to do is going to be irrespective of whatever their grownups above are going to do. Cause come 2040, we don't have a threshold to maintain this organization as it is. So we are getting to that point. Yes. We are not at that point yet. No. Dawn. I, I, again, I think what we teach is to seek knowledge, to seek light, enlightenment. Uh, if we're successful in doing that with a, a individual mason, then it's self-oriented. I mean, he, he goes out and does his thing. That's our measure of success, in my opinion, is mm -hmm. how many people are reading, uh, attending other lodges, uh, finding ways to improve their right. life traveling uh -huh. and tra yeah traveling yeah i want to i want to grab this because brother jonathan love brother jonathan um you're spot on here what gets measured gets done mm -hmm. but that has a negative right because you could measure the wrong thing <laughs> you can measure the wrong things or measure things that are very tactical right they're not strategic in their end goal right you're measuring and let's take the simple thing, like how many Masons did I raise this year versus how many died, right? That's my right. measure for success. So versus I, how many NPD'd. Right. And so, how many Masons does it take to change a light bulb? What's the answer? Change. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it one and the world revolves around him? No. <laughs> one past master. Yeah. You know how many psychiatrists it takes to change a light bulb? How many? Just one, but he, the bulb has to want to change. Ah, nice. <laughs> so in conclusion, right? So we got the strategy cascade. What is our winning aspiration? Where will we play? How will we win? What capabilities must we have? And what management systems do we need? I'm going to give an example here. So let's choose, I don't know, out of random, like the greatest lodge in the world. That's the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. <laughs> <clears throat> so why are you not in yes i just i just picked one at random then it just happened to be that one <laughs> that's right there's there's only two charter members on because this, uh, john, this call here. or because don was zdgm from the patriot lodge <laughs> so whatever what is our winning aspiration of the patriot lodge right we want to emulate the um university schema and have a community built around you know the university and it's it's uh, academic community so that's our winning aspiration where will we play we have it in our charter the geographic area that we chose 
is that in our bylaws is that you in order to apply for membership you must be student faculty staff or alumni you're uh, too broad with membership it's to take the degrees we don't to take the degrees thank you yep Yes, in order to take the degrees. You can join as an affiliation. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. In GW's Lodge, you need to have an affinity with the university to affiliate. Interesting. So they have that. So they're making where to play choices, okay? After that, then how will we win? Back to the value proposition. Well, we have a good relationship with the university and the economics department, right? We meet on campus. We actually go out of our way to do things on campus to have our presence be aware. We're not recruiting, but at least have our presence on campus. Where Encompass Club is a good example. And the fact that we start our meetings at seven o'clock, but we start with an open program that any student uh, wants to come, they're welcome. Women are welcome. Exactly. What? We just can't initiate them. We can't. They can go down the road. (laughs) They can go down to DC, though. But to that point, right? If that's our unique value proposition, then what are the capabilities we must have in the background? Don gave a great example. We realized that we couldn't have too much penetration on campus unless we actually were an established club. And so what we did was we formed a square and compass club that became a student club that gave us access to advertising on the digital displays in the dining halls. It gave us access to building rooms on campus. And so we needed to have that in order to meet our winning proposition and you know, where we're going to play and how we're going to win. So also we had the economics department sort of sponsoring us, sponsor us, right? We got them on board by having a, a scholarship for, for them. So Yeah. Sure. I mean, that, and, and so once we decided that, like, we we're going to do a scholarship, then we actually needed to keep this capability going. And that's, right. that's the thing is it's not just a one and done. If this cascade is truly true, then we actually have to support this all the way down so that we get down to the management systems. <laughs> right. So. So one thing I wanted to, to throw up here was Jose's comment on, yeah, but with an affinity lodge like that, you already have a captive audience. And to that, I say, I know that gets to where will we play? Bingo. Yeah, that, that's that's a choice we made. That reinforces, yes, the, the strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. By design. Yeah, that was that was what we were aiming for. Right. Um, and then. And then finally, right, what management systems do we need to have in place? So one of the challenges we had, because the last thing we need to think about is how do we keep this machine going? How do we support it years and years from now? And one thing we quickly learned is that, holy smokes, we're getting great men to join and then they're graduating college and going and going out of state and going back home. So we now have an an officer in the midline who just bailed on us not for any fault of his own other than he's going off and you know launching his own career john you remember chris pavlovich i do great well, brother yeah I, I even taught him one of the lectures and uh so chris and i were pretty close together well mm-hmm. when he graduated he joined the air force which immediately stationed him over north of cambridge england and so we haven't seen him for three years yeah and when i was over in ireland in uh in april first two weeks of april 
I was looking on uh, Facebook one day, and here Chris and his girlfriend, who grew up in Cambridge and is a school teacher there, they were vacationing in Galway, Ireland. It's like, holy crap! I was over in Dublin, and uh, so I immediately called him on the phone. I said, "Hey, Chris, if you're willing to take a two and a half hour train ride, I'll buy dinner." <laughs> so yeah, right. Came over. That was that's cool. awesome. Cool. I thought see. I saw those pictures. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, that that worked out and that's that's truly the uh, the spirit of brotherhood right there yeah it sure is yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's uh that's pretty much it. i could go on for hours about this and uh, i think you're getting the point is it's not just for business it's for thinking about in a structured way what are the choices you're going to make to make your lodge sustainable to make your lodge hopefully even grow right just figure out whatever winning is for your lodge because we all said lodge cultures are different if your lodge is the best darn barbecue lodge, own it. Like, go through that strategy cascade and figure out if we're going to be the best barbecue lodge, where are we going to play? How are we going to win? What capabilities do we need to have? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're, you're kind of, if the point hasn't been made clear to the folks watching, the point is, as John's been saying ad nauseum, um, <laughs> is, yes, is, Masonry happens at the lodge level, right? So all the things we're talking about is things that you can do at the lodge level. Who cares what the Grand Lodge is doing? Who cares what the Grand Officers are doing? You don't care because it doesn't impact your masonry, right? You don't make masons at the Grand Lodge. You make masons at the local lodge. So that's where you need to have a strategy in place. Let the Grand Lodge worry about membership and all this stuff and one-day classes and blue lightnings or whatever the hell you call them. Um, You just need to worry about what your mission and vision is for your lodge and stick to it. And I promise you, you'll be successful. Will you be around in 20 years? I don't know. But for those 20 years, you'll be really, really successful. So what if, what if you measure success as like climbing the administrative ladder of grand lodge? That's the choice you want to make. Yeah. But uh, you're, you don't need a strategy in a lodge to do that. That's you enjoy that have much fun with that but the brothers in your lodge what do you need to do that (laughs) you got to play nice with people number one number two not say things that's definitely a no-no so so you're bringing up a good point like again i'm like a macro micro kind of guy too yeah you could use this for your own personal strategy right what is my winning aspiration? I want to be grandmaster one day. Okay, where am I going to play? I'm going to be at all the district leadership conferences. I'm going to be involved in all of the things that give me visibility. How am I going to win? I'm going to nail the ritual. I'm going to, you know, uh, make sure that I'm I'm there and present, right? And I'm I'm giving back to the fraternity the capabilities I must have. You can just go right down this whole list. You're literally describing one person I know. <laughs> It's like and that's messed up because <laughs> nobody likes that guy <laughs> because it works that's the scary part yeah right i'd rather be liked than popular yeah that's that's me <laughs> i'd rather people like me the few you're like you're, you're over two joe don't worry right now you're <laughs> your strategy's not very good oh, okay. john got it in before i could Oh, jump in a dumpster. Oh, Jason like one of my jokes tonight. I'm, 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 I'm happy with say that. that. Ooh, Jose brings up a good comment. So, Brother Jose says, but then are we only cherry-picking from clicks instead of opening masonry and improving masonry 
by inviting in new ideas. Every Masonic Lodge is already a clique. It has its own flavor. It has its own culture. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> um, so I don't think specializing is a bad thing at all, given how little of an impact proximity makes these days. Mm -hmm. well, we, we talk about this all the time. And, you know, Don is a member of this lodge and Don is an elder statesman at this lodge. And, you know, we said it for how many times did we say it in the two years that, that they got stuck with me was I always thank the people who paid dues and never showed up for allowing the 25 or 30 of us that came <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. do the kind of masonry that we wanted. And it was the guys on it. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't being glib when I said that. Thank you for paying the bill so that we can. No, but I mean, that's a management system you need to have in place. You need funding and you need a constant source of, of dues paying members to do the things that you want to do. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of your strategy. I also think there's something interesting. Uh, Brother Jose said uh, with an affinity lodge, you're already what was it uh have a captive audience and this is assuming that right like you've met the quote-unquote market demand for a small niche of masons who decided to show up and yet we have uh a number of like let's just call them traditional observant lodges where mm -hmm. guys are like super into that but you know what um actually they're into it for amount for an amount of time which i think you could probably average out before guys just start dropping off and you know what it doesn't matter how um into it those guys were like the flavor gets old mm -hmm. and so like whatever your lodge strategy is it needs to be something that consistently uh sort of like rearranges a person's priorities and feelings so that they feel captivated to go mm -hmm. uh, and i think we've talked about a lot Sounds about like that. brainwashing yeah i mean we're really good at that um <laughs> no, i mean I, to, to roberts and we we said this before before you hopped on was um we were joking about the in my ear thing, you know, when, when you were master and stuff and everything revolves around you. But I mean, that's, that's probably one of the biggest problems we see in masonry is that everything is so focused on a year to year transition, right? That you don't leave a lasting impression for people, but exactly to your point, if you're worried about that whole time you're sitting in the East of, well, this is all the crap we're doing in my year. You're not focusing on the people who you want to come. And if you're not focusing on them, it's going to suck. I don't lack of continuity. Right. Yep, exactly. Thank you for saying it, because again, well, continuity well, is important when you're doing a strategy because it's, is, it shouldn't depend on your year. This is mind blowing. So like when I think about this, <laughs> what? What like, like, okay, so this is gonna be mind blowing, I think for a few individuals out there. And the only reason they're not gonna understand this is like an overwhelming sense of dissonance that they have about the entire uh, subject matter, right? But like, if you're, let's just, let's talk, let's go to the top of the top looking at our good friends we've got tons of friends who are grandmasters like let's face it we know people okay and for the majority 
Like, I think the ones that we're really close to probably don't operate so much this way, but they do have to operate within the confines of kind of the system that they're into. But, but what I'm trying to get at here is they're so focused on their year, right? It's that whole thing where like you're, I think we, you, you've used this analogy before you put the cup, right? You're pouring water into the top, but you don't realize what's happening at the bottom. And like the cup is like, everything's falling out of the bottom of the cup. Cause you're so just like, Oh, just, just keep filling it up. But you don't give, you know, two lumps of anything about the dudes who are leaving. Right. So there's no, uh, you, you're so stuck on your plan, which is always just, you know, goofball membership stuff, yada, yada, yada. Cause I need that per capita so we can pad the numbers and whatever, uh, that we're forgetting about the people who show up for the things that I think a lot of us really came to masonry for, which whether that's like awesome new friends well, if your lodge is not doing the social stuff or the Grand Lodge is not promoting programs that enable your lodge to do those things or uh, education and all those, right? Those guys are just pouring out the bottom. So Grand Masters are completely negating this every year. Yeah. And, and, and I think just to, just to put a cherry on that, I think we, we you even touched on it before that, Robert, where it's we've got, you've got to focus on a strategy at the, at your lodge level, right? You can't think bigger than that because you're just, you're biting off too much of that, that pizza pie, right? It's worry about your slice, make it the best damn slice of pizza you ever had and people will be happy, you know? Yeah, no, but, but you did bring up a good point, right? Uh, that, okay. The same thing could apply. Also, we talked about the micro, we talked about your own, winning aspiration but what is the winning aspiration of the grand lodge of virginia what is the winning aspiration of masonry at, at writ large right and how do we make well, choices that could well, be wrong ask ray solomon because he's the head of the strategic planning committee so. <laughs> right yeah he would have the answer and they should they should be thinking about these things and making choices that could probably be wrong and so that's my only my only concern is like if we go with consensus right then we're taking safe bets right if we're doing decisions by committee then there's a po there's a possibility that we could be taking the safe bet which is playing to play not playing to win well i we joked about it before and you know i i said this jokingly but i really wasn't it'd be great if the constituents knew what those strategic plans were it's great right thing, yeah so to that point so i know ford is using that same framework because they actually talked about it in their shareholder meeting they said, we are using this framework and here are the choices we are making. So they made it very transparent to, to their shareholders. We're going to take some risks. You know, when you talk about autonomy and electric vehicles and all this stuff, and here's why we're doing it. And here's the target we are aiming for that we could be wrong at. Same should be true at the uh, Grand Lodge Strategic Committee as well. Well, and, and getting back to the dissemination thing, and I'm, I'm going to go off on a really, really weird tangent um, and, and give you a military reference, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's tactical plans and there's strategy-based mission, right? So, you know, the six of us or the five of us were on a squad and Don could be the general and I'm the private and Jason's the sergeant. At the end hashtag of the day, squad goals. Hashtag squad goals. At the end of the day, He's making the mission, but everybody on the team knows about it. Even the private. Now, do we expect mm -hmm. the private to 
execute the mission? No, but you got to do your part. And if all of us get whacked, he still knows what the mission is, right? And that's that. That's my point. It's not. That's not happening. That dissemination and knowledge transfer is not being shared, right? So and so, how is Jason supposed to make masonry better if he doesn't know what Don hears at the strategic planning meeting? You know what I mean? Right. Well, there you have it. So well, I'm sure we could talk work for, for a living. Yeah, I'm sure we could uh, talk about this for hours not upon end. But let's get right to final thoughts for this episode. And we'll start with Don and Joe, because we get two for the price of one. <laughs> let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts on either the framework as I laid it out or any other strategic choices that you think lodges could do better at or Grand Lodges or something else. To me, to me it's uh, all about what is our purpose and that's pretty apparent in the ritual that we're training people to go out and improve themselves by seeking light, seeking illumination. And if they're not doing that, then we're not accomplishing our fundamental purpose. And I think we, we sort of lose track of that. And that's what we need to provide people with a an atmosphere that fosters that. We need to provide tools to be able to do that. And, and make it very clear to them what the purpose is. And that's, you're, me you're meant to use the brain. You're meant to go out there and improve yourself by expanding your knowledge. So. Everything Don said, I was going to say. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that, no, this is, uh, this is a super interesting topic. I think it's sorely underspoken about in the Masonic context, right? Because Masonry has these two avenues, right? It's how to bring in more people into the craft to give them the ability to do what Don had said, you know, find more light and improve themselves and in turn improve the world around them versus how do we maintain and keep interested the people that did take that plunge um, to become a Mason and how do we keep them interested in those things? So I, I, I contend if we're actually accomplishing our purpose that you don't have to worry about attracting people, the people that we improve uh, will attract people just I think it's not, that's not our purpose to attract people. We will attract people if we accomplish our purpose. So, But we need not a man, not a me, not just a man, a Mason campaign. <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll fix it. Yeah. Right. A billboard. That's just a tool. You're a tool. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting on it. Wow. Five <laughs> points to Joe. All right. Um, <clears throat> Robert, what say you? Well, I think some of what we talked about tonight is uh, hard truths and on the level truths regarding how many folks out there within our organization uh, globally, not just, uh, you know, around your local parts. We're not just, you know, poo pooing our local grandmasters or whatever. This is a rampant problem. And it's not necessarily like the problem of anyone grandmaster. I have to look at the problem and go, look, this is a, uh, this is a cyclical problem that has become institutionalized from the get-go. These guys never had a shot at, at creating, like, we cannot create a successful organization that became successful for values that were hip 100, 300 years ago. 
And today those values have changed. And even though those values have changed, but they're still kind of classic and traditional, they're not they're not looking at how best to utilize any sort of real strategy to lean on that while also, you know, Juan was so good at looking at things like in a practical way in masonry. Uh, Matt Gallagher does the same thing. I mean, these are, these guys are titans in their own areas, and they're looking at how to be practical. If a Grand Lodge were to simply stop, like, digging its heels in as looking into itself for its own answers and and look outside at qualified individuals that aren't just you know flashy advertising campaign companies they might actually get somewhere and i'm not again i'm not you know poo-pooing the man i think that's a great advertising campaign i love what it's done and brought people into the craft it's thrown up that big banner hey we're here but that's just one tool as don said it's just it's the flare gun right like how do you get them to run toward you like nobody knows making good men better. How, when Don said, let there be like, what do you most desire? And the answer is, okay. Like you guys joked, uh, uh, what do I most desire? Lower dues, a place to hang out, <laughs> a crappy dinner, Green beans. um, uh, uh, really crazy chauvinist political remarks all the time. Yeah. I want all that. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm missing in my life. No, thanks. But that's what we get because there's no strategy and because there's no vision. Right. So I, I just hope that uh, the future is like even just as an exercise to go through that really rad um, cascading questionnaire you have just as a personal exercise. If they even did that, it could it could do so much. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. Awesome. Over to you, Jason. Oh, man. So I keep coming back around to the value proposition, right? Figure out why you're here and then figure out what you're going to do to provide that unique value to reinforce why you're here. And it may be that why you're here doesn't appeal to anyone else. And it's not sustainable. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you change your focus and you change your why you're here. You might actually have to change. Yeah. I I know. Right. Like, yeah, not all, uh, not all startups succeed. The vast majority of them fail. Right. Mm -hmm. Same is true for lodges. And you can have the best idea in the world and the best thing that you're going after in the world. And if it doesn't appeal to, you know, your market, it's the wrong thing. Exactly. Even if you think it's great, if the the market's going to respond. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. The market being all the, the potential brothers that could join your lodge. Yeah. You can tell I'm a little passionate about this and you can take these same business practices. I mean, geez, Robert and I wrote a book about adapting, you know, the corporate path to Freemasonry. You should check it, check it out on Amazon. If you want to take some of these lessons learned and apply them back into the nonprofit volunteer organization that we have, but it's so true. Um, 
for me, a lot of it is like, what problem are you solving? What is the end state you're trying to get to? What is the, what's the goal? And it's, and you have to really stop and think, and it's a hard conversation that you might need to have with you, your officer line, right? Your, um, your past masters. What is it that you want your lodge to be? What does winning look like for your lodge? And then get there, right? And then start designing the path to get there. You're going to make choices. Some of them might, might be wrong and that's okay. Right. As long as you're stumbling forward, trying new things, uh, not innovating, because it's, it's not upon any man to make innovations in masonry. But if you're if you're trying new things to get you to what winning looks like for your culture, then you'll be successful. And so I, I encourage all of you to think, contemplate on those those questions and try to make a better future for you and your lodge. And with that. I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Have a good wow. night. Wow. Make good choices.